1: Welcome in the latest episode of Five on the Floor and Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio on our Nothing But Net channel or their Nothing But Net channel every single weeknight at 7 p.m. Also, check out the Five Reasons YouTube channel an hour before every game. We do before floor. And then right as the game ends, Royal Shepherd, Gad, Ariel, Ricky, and the crew do post up 5R. Also, check out FiveReasonsSports.com, the latest takeaways from Brady Hawk. Sometimes I feel like they're there before the buzzer even sounds, and we do not have a paywall there. And check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. If your company is looking for IT, this is where we send you. CPT of South Florida, which has been providing small and medium businesses with the technology they need for decades. They specialize in cloud hosts and phone systems. And managed IT. If you own a smaller medium business and you're looking to save money on your monthly phone and internet costs, you got to give TJ a call right now. He's been helping South Florida businesses save thousands per month. He can do the same for you. Here's the phone number 954-966-2766. That's 954-966-2766. Two seven six six. He also rocks a five reason sports hat now. So I uh, asked TJ about that. And he's got this deal, 25% off cloud phone service, including free phones and the first two months of service free. So deal with an owner, not a sales rep. Give TJ a call over at CPT. Again, it's 954-966-2766. Or visit the website at cpt-florida.com. And now tonight's episode.
0: Down to Biscay. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Well, here's the thing, you can check the score, hustle hard, couple scars, win bubble frogs. Just like Buck to say, you in trouble, y'all. Cat the floor plan, got an all van, y'all seen the block, stop one hand Impact we trust, it's power have the guts. We here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Silvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network.
1: All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. I'm here with Alex Toledo. We just finished up. The post-game interviews, the Heat, and then the Nuggets. Um, Nikola Jokic told me to go play in Serbia to experience a real challenging crowd. Uh, The Heat lose tonight, 120. That's on my uh, Instagram page. You want to check that out? Uh, The Heat lose tonight, 120 to 111 to a Denver Nuggets team that had lost six in a row. They lose tonight without Tyler Hero, who is still sick. They're listing it as, as body soreness. It's an interesting way to talk about an illness. I, I don't know if that's because they're trying to say that he doesn't have COVID. I'm not really sure why they're listing it that way. And then Jimmy Butler, who hurt his tailbone when he fell against Chicago. So he was questionable coming in. He doesn't play. The Heat get off to a terrible start tonight. They're down 32-23 after the first quarter. They're down 63-43 at the half. Better in the third and fourth quarters, but every time that they made a run, the Nuggets push back. But listen, you know, I'm just going to address some of the other guys here quickly. And then Alex and I are going to get to the two guys who matter. OK, Kayla Morton had 18 tonight. Kyle Lowry had 17 points and 14 assists. Gabe Vincent had 14 after a slow start. Max Strus I thought, played pretty well, made six of 12 threes. Actually, all of his shots were threes, ended up with 19. Dwayne Denman had eight points and six rebounds. In 11 minutes, the heat really only played sports really only rolled eight guys tonight. The other one was PJ Tucker from the ones that we're not going to talk about a whole lot tonight. He had eight points and five rebounds, but the two we're going to talk about tonight are bam Adebayo and Duncan Robinson. And I know that Duncan is more of a hot topic on Twitter, but we're going to start with bam. And here's why. Okay. He's your franchise player. Particularly when Jimmy Butler is not available. And tonight, Bam had four at the half. Now, he ends up the game with 24, 13, six assists, all right, also five fouls and five turnovers, 11 of, 11 of 19 from the floor. Like, if you just looked at this stat line in a vacuum, Alex, you'd be like, wow, he played really well. And then you watch the game. A- and here's the thing about this is it is confusing, okay? Because we're trying to identify with him whether it is a physical issue like whether his a knee is bothering him and then today his hand, he was asked about that, but he seemed to be flexing it on the court. He said he was fine. He flexed it for us in the postgame uh, interview room or whether it is just what we've talked about a million times here. OK, he's not used to being a lead guy. It's not really in him to consistently be a lead guy. And so as a result, he doesn't look around like we look around when Jimmy and Tyler are not in there and say, okay, bam, it's your team tonight. But then he, he, he did it in the third quarter. And, and, and so that's why the physical part for me, it it doesn't really hold a lot of weight because he was capable physically of doing it in the third quarter when he had 15 and five in the third quarter alone, why did he not do it in the first half tonight? Jokic was on the floor in the third also.
0: Yeah, it was like the, the, that's I don't know what's going on with Bam. I uh, it feels tough. It feels like the like the tendonitis has become the elephant in the room because everybody has noticed game by game that the aggression, not just the aggression, just, the you know, the the bounciness, the athleticism, the explosion just isn't there the whole game. And a lot of times it just seems like he's just a little bit timid. And I think like, although his second half and specifically that third quarter run that he put on almost by himself was fantastic. And he really showed off like what he can be if he were to just put his mind to becoming a scorer on a regular basis. But that first half, um, other than, you know, some of those plays that he created in, early in the first quarter for other guys, him and Duncan two man game. And we're going to get into that w- when we talk about Duncan two. Other than that, Bam was just not looking for a shot really at all in the first half. And Had some of those same struggles that he had against Jokic, except, you know, I I didn't think I thought he looked better this game defensively against Jokic. And we'll get into some of the the schematic stuff with the zone, the zone later on. But offensively, Bam, if he would have put that engine that he had in the third quarter to use in the first half. And I know it's easier said than done. Like this is just a different game. They were playing from behind the whole time. And if Bam would have put together anything close to what he did in the third quarter, didn't have to be what exactly what he did, where he just goes crazy. But anything close to that, and this actually, I think, would have been a close game. They were needing that type of uh, attack mentality, that type of, you know, like just the awareness to take those shots when they were given to him. Because I was looking at it while we were talking now, and the Nuggets, like, they give up mid-range shots. They're eighth when it comes to giving up uh, mid-range shots and opponent shot distribution courtesy of dunks and threes. And then on top of that. Although they don't allow too many uh, rim attempts, they do give up the worst rim percentage in the league. So I just think they, they needed, between Lowry and Bam needed to be a little bit more attack focused from the start, just to kind of loosen things up for everybody else, knowing that you don't have Jimmy and Tyler there. Uh, because there's certain parts in the Nuggets defense, I just, I just think they took way too long to attack, even though they did a good job of it in the third quarter. It, it just took way too long. It was too little, too late.
1: And, but I, I feel like we say that a lot. And, you know, there are certain games over the course of the past couple of years that he's rescued late, particularly when others were not available to kind of settle things like Jimmy or energize like Tyler does. But when neither of them is in, Bam has to do both. He has to be the guy who settles them, gets to the line, slows the tempo, particularly when they were not playing well defensively tonight. And look, we're very focused on two guys tonight. We should mention, though, defensively, they weren't good enough. Spolster was going to a lot of zone, uh, in part because they weren't guarding man. And then when they went to the zone, as both Spolster and Caleb, uh, excuse me, Spolster said it, Caleb Martin said it, Bam said it, uh, that they weren't communicating well enough, that fatigue sets in. Well, fatigue sets in in part because they couldn't control tempo tonight. And so also they had eight. Okay. Which is one of the things we talked about. It's a thin roster. And when you don't have, you know, two of your core guys that that's kind of stuff is going to happen. They don't have, I mean, you look, I mean, Eric said that he planned on maybe playing more, but then the game got away. But I mean, it's pretty fair to say that he doesn't trust Kaziak, Akpala or Ameri Yurtsevin because uh, neither of them got minutes until like the last two when the thing was a total garbage time at that stretch. Uh, they finished plus eight. I mean, this is why sometimes you can't look at it the plus numbers because they finished plus eight in, in a minute 40. So that'll skew some stuff.
0: One thing to what you're talking about there, you mentioned how they couldn't control the pace. What if I told you that the Heat and the Nuggets both made the same amount of field goals tonight? The yeah. difference was... That, that he took 17 more shots. That's not usually the way that they, that they play.
1: No, it's not. And, and of course the nuggets made a lot more threes. And, and, you know, I was sitting uh, next and to, and free, throws. I us and we were sitting next to Israel Gutierrez during the game. And he's like, this is just going to come down to the fact that, you know, the, <laughs> the Nuggets are going to make more threes. And, and ultimately it, it turned out to be three more threes because the Heat made some late, but the Heat were 15 of 44. The Nuggets were 18 of 35. You're not going to beat a team that shoots 51% from three on 35 attempts. You're just I not, not going to do it. But, but just to, to close the book here on BAM tonight, okay? I, I just, again, statistically, 24, 13, and six, okay? There's very few guys in the league who are capable of that. But it's the fact that he's capable of that that makes it frustrating when you see him coast through a half without the two other guys who have, you know, again, the two leading scorers on the team. OK, and, and so, I, you know, I, I, I getting to the point where and maybe we're past this point because I feel like we've said this before, like everything else tonight that, you know, I don't expect it. You come into a game without the other guys, and I just don't expect Bam to take over until it's too late. And if he's going to end up being, you know, your third option, uh, then that means that this leap that we've seen from Tyler Hero needs to take another half leap if this team is going to go where it wants to go, because if Bam's going to be your third guy, then ta- Tyler has to be one of your top two guys. And I don't think you and I expected that this year, but that is what this team is going to require. If Bam is going to kind of be stuck where he is right now, some of these same things we saw too, in the first half getting pushed out of position because uh, t- uh, defenders know now to swipe at his hands and that pushes him off of his spot. So that's, that's one thing. And then the other thing is, three times tonight, two feet in the paint, kicks it out to a corner three. You liked it a couple of times. I don't like it, even if it's the right play because of the mindset that it gets him into, which is unaggressive. I would rather he be aggressive.
0: I think it's an interesting conversation and it's kind of, uh, it's good to monitor while we watch the games. Again, like, like I've been talking about, just watching Bam kind of figure out how to take on this role. Again, he, like you said, he just, uh, regarding how, how long it took for it to happen, He just isn't that guy yet. Like, I think it's become more, more clear than ever that he's not at that level than Jimmy and Tyler are scorers. And I want to emphasize again, even more what I was talking about before with the types of shots that the Nuggets give up are the exact types of shots that Jimmy and Tyler thrive at. So just having one of those two guys to either kill him in the mid range a little bit or to get to the rim, whether it's Jimmy or Tyler. I think would have made it a lot easier for Bam and and wouldn't have put so much pressure for Bam to be that guy in the first half, but it's hard to not want more. Like you said, like, I want to have perspective with it because it's like, we've seen Bam get better every single season. And then again, this season we've seen that he'd become more aggressive with the mid range. It's more like he hasn't put it all together yet, even though the stat line keeps going up, the impact is still there at a high level. He's getting better on offense. He's adding stuff. It's, putting it together on a consistent basis and being able to be that guy when needed, whenever, right? Like on a night to night basis, he's not at that level that Jimmy and even Tyler are, because Tyler knows that that is what he's on. That is what he's in the game for. And now Bam is being worked into that. Whereas all these years in his career, he's done everything else, but the scoring aspect. And and it's like, it shouldn't take him three quarters for him to realize that he's got to, you know, he's really got to step up with Jimmy and Tyler out. But unfortunately that was just the case tonight.
1: We used to talk about how Hassan would put up empty stats. I don't think that Bam puts up empty stats. Okay, I don't. But tonight, they weren't empty, but they were cosmetic. And there's a difference. Empty stats are stats that don't help you really in any way. Hassan was the king of that, okay? Bam doesn't do that, okay? He contributes in other ways, okay? He makes plays that don't show up in the stat sheet. But the numbers were cosmetic. Because when they come in the third quarter, when you're already down 20, 23... They just simply don't matter that much. And and here's the other thing. I I get what you're saying about how uh, Tyler and Jimmy would have helped in the mid range. No question about it. Okay. That, you know, we know that they're the two leading scores for a reason, but both of them played in Denver. Right. And it was pretty much the same game. I mean, it was, I mean, I know it was in Denver, but it was pretty much the same game that we saw tonight. All right. When we come back, we're going to get to the elephant in the room here. And, And it is at the point where we can't ignore it. And uh maybe a change is in order before we do tell you about another sponsor of the five reasons sports network and that is everything trade shows if your company goes to trade shows starting to go back again we know there's a new variant for covid but it doesn't seem like it's going to lock anything down this time so the trade shows are going to go on if you need a trade show exhibit Go to a place that can do the whole damn thing for you from beginning to end. It's a one-stop shop for trade shows. It's called everythingtradeshows.com. They'll handle logistics, the booth, the graphics, the furniture, the flooring, even some tips to get you noticed. They'll teach you the difference between renting and buying. They're based right in Fort Lauderdale, right off of Las Solas, right behind YOLO, actually, uh, which just reopened. And they can serve as all 50 states. So schedule the free consultation. And if you mention five reasons, they'll do you one better. They'll do a free booth rendering, 954 795 Nine one eighty eight eighty two nine five four seven nine one eighty eight eighty two. That's everything trade shows.com. This is also the place where I mention for a lot of you that use our codes for prizepicks.com. That's where you want to go for daily fantasy. Use the code five to get your matching bonus and betus.com use the code five for 125% bonus. That's our betting partner. We're doing something at BetUS. If you DM me at five reason sports, a copy of your deposit. So show that you've deposited to BetUS.com. We will send you a t-shirt. Okay. That's what we're going to start doing. That ends this Friday, right? So DM me your deposit that you made this week to start your account at BetUS.com using the code five F I V E. And we're going to send you a t-shirt. You can choose B- Jimmy, Bam, Tyler, or, uh, Lowry, any of those four. And we're going to send that to you. All right. Let's get to what everybody else was talking about on Twitter. And I I, look, one of nine tonight from three. Okay. Three points. But the trend can't be ignored at this stage. Okay. And so two years ago, Duncan Robinson shot 48% from three at home. Last year, he shot 41% from three at home. He is now shooting. Twenty-four percent from three at home. It's only eight games, okay. And I asked Eric Spolster about what he thinks, and here's what was clear to me when I asked Eric the question: He knows the number, okay. I always know when he knows or he doesn't know, but he he said, "I don't really have an answer for you." But it's not like he was like, "Oh, I wasn't aware of that, okay," or anything like that. He knows Duncan is struggling more at home for some reason. Duncan Robinson is shooting 38% from three on the road. Now I know the Heat have lost a lot of those games, so it's kind of gotten pushed aside, but he's actually shot in a pretty reasonable percentage. Okay, maybe some of them were after the game was decided, et cetera, but he shot 38% as representative of what he's done over the course of his Heat career. 24% is not. Let's start here. What is your theory on it? And then what we're going to handle after that. So don't get to it yet. Is what do they do about it? It's just tough.
0: This is actually really tough because I'm. I mean, I might just repeat what Spo said verbatim. Like I really don't have an answer for you because the the whole thing with the three point shooting and the variance that we talk about is it's always going to go back and forth. It's always going to be a roller coaster. Three point shooting by nature is going to be up and down. It's going to be streaky, especially with somebody like Duncan Robinson taking just a high volume of high difficulty shots teams are expecting it teams are trying to run him off the line and he's not athletic so it's not like he has a lot of physical counters he can do when he's coming off that curl it's not like there's there's a lot to do and uh, by the way speaking of those counters that we talked about on the last pod he he wasn't really doing that tonight like he did in the Bulls game I, I didn't see him I mean he had a couple in the first quarter where, where he was uh, running off the handoff and trying to touch paint and make something happen I thought that was good but after that like and I, even, I just remember now, I even told you in the first quarter, he had a couple of those plays where he, he made something happen just off of his gravity. He, he hit his first three. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a good Duncan game. And I might have just jinxed it because ever since that point in the game, he it just completely went downhill. I don't know. I, like, I don't know what to say about it at this point because the fact that he's just shooting so poorly at home doesn't make a lot of sense to me. He's shooting so much better on the road. The, the fact that he's missing, he's shooting on such a low percentage on the open catch and shoot attempts rather than the high difficulty ones that he's getting, even though, you know, his shot profile has changed a little bit because he's getting more of those clean ones, less of the harder ones. The whole thing is just kind of hard to make sense of. What I will say, though, you you pointed out that you, the, the the road and, and and home splits and how although he's shooting poorly at home, they're winning and he's shooting well on the road and they're losing. I think that part is a testament to them not needing too much from him to actually win games this year. It's just, it really stands out when they lose and he's going one for nine, but I still do believe that like the fact that they don't need him to go off in the way that they had in the past two seasons is still a good thing. It's just, I really feel for Duncan
1: at this point. Cause you know, it's just, it's gotta be in his head. You can see it. You can see it on his face right now. He's getting frustrated and it was affecting him defensively tonight. The only thing I can think of other than it just being luck, okay, which is there's a lot of luck in basketball, okay? And sometimes there are just trends that can't be explained, and then they correct, okay? And that's regression or progression to the mean, right? But the only thing I can think of is that the contract's in his head because when you're at home, you're playing in front of your fans who – look, I think Duncan is a guy who lets social media affect him. He lives in the podcast space where we live. Okay. He hears stuff. I mean, he's not one of these guys that doesn't listen to anything, hear anything like Jimmy Butler. Like I believe him when he says he doesn't check Twitter. He, I believe him. He doesn't Jimmy, Jimmy posts on Instagram what Jimmy wants to post. It's a country music song or whatever the hell it is. It's about what Jimmy is doing on that day or he's promoting big face coffee. I don't think he processes the stuff that's out there about him. I really don't. Okay. I'm talking to people around him. I get that sense. He does. I think Duncan does. I think Tyler did last year. Okay. And here's the other thing. I don't think Duncan Robinson ever thought he would be in this position. I mean, he, again, he went to, he went to what Williams college, right. And transfer. We told his story Uh, at Michigan. he, He doesn't get drafted. He, he was a guy who I, you know, I don't think that the heat really projected to be anything close to what he was. He's kind of been Spolster's sort of mad scientist, ultimate mad scientist project. Right. And, and he, now he's got this big contract. And tonight, the other thing that struck me was Struess, who is his friend and has been on his podcast and is very supportive of him. But Max, when he was defending Duncan, he actually mentioned the contract. He said afterwards, he goes, Uh, Well, he's making $90 million. So obviously, And he was saying it in the sense, not like he doesn't deserve the money, but the fact that he's earned that money. So he'll be able to shoot his way out of it. But the very fact that one of his closest teammate friends is mentioning the contract to me again, it's in the space. And I think that may be what's affecting him at home. And I maybe it was early in the season. It was the stuff we've talked about. It was uh, a new scheme. You know, getting the ball in different spots, being guarded differently and all the things that I think are legitimate. But I think the misses early in the season have now gotten in his head in the combination with the contract. And it's very hard. It's like when you I said this before, when you try to go to sleep, you can't. Okay, right. And and I and I feel like he's forcing it. He's trying to shoot now instead of it just coming naturally because I watch him in pregame and he makes every shot. Okay, but it's in the games. So let's get to the second part of this question and then we're going to close right after this okay and again cpt-florida.com for your it everythingtradeshows.com for your trade shows use the code 5 at betus and price picks so what do they do about it i mean you're i mean you're 21 games in you're a quarter of the season in you're 13 and 8 so it hasn't sunk you as you said your options are basically keep him there and let it play out okay Move Tyler Hero to the starting lineup, which means you don't have a creator on your bench unless you consider that to be Gabe Vincent until Victor Oladipo comes back. Or take the vac- facsimile of him, who's a little stronger, doesn't seem to be in his own head right now, which is Max Struess, and put him in the starting lineup and let Duncan play off of Hero off the bench. Which Which of those three options do you take?
0: Look, man, it's going to take a lot for me to get to the point where I feel like they got a bench target. And I don't think it's to say that Tyler, or I mean, less so Struess because I, I think Struess wouldn't be the guy that he gets benched for, it would probably be Tyler. But um, Tyler is a starting level player, no doubt about it. He's probably the third or fourth best player on this team at the moment. Um, he's a really good player. He absolutely deserves to be in the starting lineup just off of his game and, the, and what he's shown this season. I just don't know if that's the best way to maximize the two guys. Um, I love what the the role that Tyler's been playing in. And I think he loves it too, because he's always playing with at least one or two of those other all star guys. But yet, his role when he's in the game is to be that scorer. And I don't know if he's going to get that same green light if he's playing in the starting lineup with all three of the other guys. And then, on top of that, it's to me, it's less about like the bench shooting, not having a creator, because I think if you wanted to put Duncan off the bench at that point we've already seen the staggering it would the staggering would only get heavier if they were to bring Duncan off the bench there was there's no way they would run those bench lineups without at least one of Lowry or Hero there I think they would still do some similar stuff as far as what type of lineups you could run I do think like starting Hero benching Duncan is a viable option I'm just not there yet I do think uh, we've got to give it a little bit more time with Duncan I know it's not what people want to hear I just the fact that I've seen him do this for, for two seasons I know I keep saying it We've seen it every, for so many home games, him just going crazy. And I know teams have adjusted. I just really believe in his shooting ability to that extent. And, and that's what I think it comes down to for me is because if this shooting turns around, we're going to realize again, oh yeah, this is why we have him in that starting lineup. And just to remind everybody, if something like this happened in the first half of last season as well, during the regular season, obviously a COVID season, short um, off season, before that different circumstances, worse team, Guys were in or now I get it, but I'm just saying the shooting stuff. I think uh, I want to weigh just a little bit more with Duncan before we get into that conversation. I just think uh, also I was trying to look up the on and off stats between Tyler and Duncan uh, now, and uh, it obviously hasn't updated yet after the Nuggets game, but it still favors Duncan there. I know he plays a lot with the starters. I just want to see, I want to see it play out a little bit. I think Duncan has earned. The benefit of the doubt, even though it's been too long now, he, he needs to shoot higher than 34%, but I want to give him another few weeks, another month or so to see if he can bring some of this back up.
1: I'm getting close to the point in saying start Strews. Um I, I still feel strongly about keeping Tyler where he's at. And and this is not, you know, this argument that Heat fans have, some on Twitter, he deserves to start because of what he Of course he does. Like, I'm not going to argue otherwise, Okay. I mean, he's damn near leading the team in scoring on shooting 47% from the field. Of course he does. He's sixth man of the year right now, okay? But it's about what is best for the composition of the team, and they need a creator off the bench. And I also think there are really two things here you got to weigh, and Spolscher's got to deal with both of them, and he's always had to deal with these when he's made these decisions. One is what is best for the team, and the other is what is best for the player, okay? Here's why I'm getting close to saying that you bring Duncan off the bench. And you start Struess. It's not as much what's best for the team. Okay. I think they could continue to succeed with Duncan in the starting lineup. I think the configuration of players they have makes the most sense for Duncan to start. I still believe that. Okay. No matter how bad he's been from a shooting perspective, because of the gravity and all the other things we talk about, and because it evens out their roster. Okay. And it doesn't put pressure on Struess to be a starter right away. And it doesn't take Tyler out of a role that he's thriving in. But I'm starting to think that the best thing for Duncan is to get him out of the starting lineup and let him clear his head. I'm going to let you finish with that, but to let him clear his head. Okay. Put Struess in the starting lineup. Maybe it's not high minutes. Okay. And, and let Duncan play with Tyler. I know they've had some issues defensively together, but let the two of them play together. There is that bond that goes back all the way to summer league last year. I feel like that would take pressure off for Duncan. And and, and so I'm getting closer to that point. It's like we talk about with quarterbacks, right? Sometimes you start a rookie quarterback right away because it's best for the team. And sometimes you wait because it's best for the player. For Pat Mahomes, it was better to wait. So you got a stat here. I want you to give it to me, but I am getting closer. If I'm telling you, if Duncan has two or three more games like this, my solution to it is leave Tyler where he is at, start Struess, and just play him the minutes that are necessary. Okay, what you got?
0: All right. So I was paying attention to everything you're saying there while also looking up the on and off numbers that I wasn't able to get before. And look, by the way, just to get into that, I'm not that far away from what you're talking about. Like, I don't think it's a terrible idea, especially for a guy who's something like, you know, get him going, get some bench units, get his confidence back up. And like I said before, I just don't think he would ever be playing without the creators next to him. They're not going to run a lineup. Uh, uh, Vincent, Martin, Struess, Robinson, Dedman, you know, they're going to, they're going to stagger out there. They're going to have one of Lowry or Hero or both uh, out there with Duncan, possibly Jimmy, who knows what combinations that would, you know, that would come to if Duncan were to come off the bench, Tyler were to start. But look, I've got the four man groupings for Duncan with the Heat's three uh, franchise players with Jimmy, Bam, and Kyle and Tyler with their three franchise players. Their net rating with Duncan on the floor with those guys is 9.84. So that means they're plus 9.84. And with Duncan in that same. Oh, You're man. Tyler, You yeah, know, I'm mean, sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry about that. With Duncan, it was nine. And now with Tyler, it was negative 11.38 net rating. So that's a 20-point that's a swing in net rating. Again, Tyler closes a lot, so that's what a lot of those numbers are pointing to is him getting hunted in the four quarters. They haven't been great in those four quarters. It's just a huge swing when you talk about 20 points. And then when you mentioned the Duncan and Tyler combination, I looked those two up, and just the two-man lineups, when they're on the floor together, it's a very small sample
1: size. <laughs> but it's negative 145. And that's the way to close. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies.